I cannot ask them if this makes me look fat. So I say, does this outfit make me look heavier than I am? (laughs) 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 And, And I tell you what, men, the only safe answer is no. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. If you're a woman, turn your radio up. If you have a woman in your life, a mom, a wife, a sister, a daughter, now really turn the radio up because today it's all about the girls. I know they say you can't go home again. I just had to come back one last time. Ma'am, I know you don't know me from Adam But these handprints on the front steps are mine Up those stairs in that little back bedroom Is where I did my homework and I learned to play guitar And I bet you didn't know under that live oak My favorite dog is buried in the yard I thought if I could touch this place or feel it This brokenness inside me might start healing Out here it's like I'm someone else I thought that maybe I could find myself If I could just come in I swear I'll leave Won't take nothing but a memory From the house that built me Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. I'm Jennifer Sisniellers, co-hosting with Dr. Tim Clinton. Tim, I am so excited to hear from our special guest today, Stacey Eldridge. She'll be talking about the topic of her new book, Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream, for you. And this is so important for women. You know, we live in story. That's a lot of what what this song's about. But Chesterton once said this, we're destined to misunderstand the story that we find ourselves in. And often it brings then confusion, maybe some anxiety or depression. It's easy to get lost in the way, Jennifer. But there is good news. We can find hope. We can grow up and become who we really are, who God sees us to be. And our guest today, Stacey Eldridge, is going to help women with that. She and her husband, John Eldridge, are the co-authors of the best-selling women's book, Captivating, which, by the way, is one of my personal favorites. She's a teacher and conference speaker. She leads the women's ministry of Ransomed Heart, the uh, ministry that she shares with her husband, John. And she has so many powerful messages for women about who God wants us to be. Stacy, welcome into Life, Love, and Family. Thanks so much for having me. Stacy. as we get started, I'm just wondering, as you look into the eyes of women across the country, what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing a duality, some um, hopelessness, really, just the depth of pain. And as you said in your introduction about just needing to understand the story we were born into, just... So many women blindsided by the pain of life, the effects of their own choices, that there's a loss of hope. But then on the other side, a little further, you see a flicker of, I want everything that the Bible says to be true, and can you speak to that to me? 
just a longing for a deeper meaning for their lives. What I appreciate about you, Stacy, and John, of course, your husband, you're willing to peel it back and share a lot about who you really are. And Stacy, can you take us back? You had some pretty, well, some pretty tough days growing up. Yes, I think it's really important that we're honest with sharing our stories because we can think that we're the only ones that have had really awful things happen. But everybody is, has a story. Everybody has different ranges of suffering, and, and mine is certainly a range. There was really great things about growing up, and then there's really hard things. I, my father was an alcoholic, but he was also absent. He was back in the day of traveling salesmen, so he would be gone for three weeks at a time, home for a weekend, gone for three weeks, home for, you know, for 20 years. And then when he was home, he needed the girding up of alcohol in order to face his family. So we didn't grow up in a household, any of my siblings or I, where we were celebrated or enjoyed or really even invited to grow and be who we are created to be. But versus that, it was be quiet, be silent, be something else, <laughs> be anything but what you are, and, and hope to get out of here with the least amount of scars as possible. <laughs> I smiled to myself when I, I read about you and John doing a little bit of counseling and then uh, correcting each other. But part of it was, you know, we're, we're often blind to uh, how we've been impacted or influenced as kids. And it takes us a while because we think of our childhood as normal. It's uh, our normal, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. It is. It is. We see it as normal until it gets exposed to us as being a little bit more difficult with that. And you opened up in your new book, uh, Becoming Myself, Embracing God's Dream of You, talking about wait for a moment. And can you connect that back to your mom? Because I think it's really significant. It really helped me kind of see you differently and why you write the way you do. My mother had her own issues, as our parents do, and as we don't understand as we're young as well, but one of hers is just a complete lack of self-confidence and self-acceptance. She always thought she was too fat. She was always on a diet, you know, even needing to lose all those last two pounds, but with two pounds feeling unworthy or unattractive as a woman. My father was in the fashion industry, so, you know, uh (laughs) uh-oh, outside appearance is of paramount importance. So not only was it really important to my mother how she looked, but there was some transforming, some putting of her value onto her daughters. And so she never felt like she measured up. We never measured up or we measured too much. So the first diet she put me on was when I was eight years old. It's a little young to be just relegated to chicken and celery sticks, but that was that was my life from then on. And honestly, Dr. Tim, I look back at pictures of myself and I'm preparing, embraced to see the chubby, homely little girl that I was. And that's not who I see. It, I'm a normal, weighted little girl, insecure, but nothing needing this intervention of restriction that was placed on me from a really young age. And I look at it and realize, yeah, it's kind of set up for food to play, you know, is the the forbidden fruit, whether that fruit was a hostess Twinkie or a potato chip, it kind of set me up for wanting it, giving it too much value in my life. 
Stacy, as you say that, I really resonate with the message, and I really have found, and please tell me if you think this is accurate, but one of the most universal battles, struggles for all women, regardless of, of whether you were skinny or fat as a child, whether you were put on a diet, or even whether you were affirmed in a positive way, it seems so universal that women have a struggle with their body image. They have this self-loathing, extremely critical of how I look, and so many women battle and struggle with their relationship with food, their weight, and how they look. Do you find that's true? Oh, Jennifer, that is so true. It's completely true. And I think it just lines up with how we bear the image of God as women. One of the core ways we do is, is in our beauty. And it's the essence of a woman. It's an internal reality that makes itself known in the external. But because of that, it's assaulted, it's attacked, the world holds up a standard of beauty that literally 99% of the population could never meet. Yes. And the invitation of God, and this is where I want to grow, is in looking at my reflection in His eyes. What does He say about how I look? It's a rare woman that can pass a mirror or her reflection in a window and go, nice. <laughs> Stacy, it's so it's so funny. I was just talking with another uh, lady here in the studio, and we were saying that very thing. I actually think I have a fairly good self confidence, but I've never looked in the mirror and gone, "Yeah, all right." I'm usually looking at, "Oh, there's a new wrinkle. My hair is awful today. What is going on? I have these bags under my eyes." It's always looking for what is the worst thing or what's wrong with me. We just approach ourselves from this negative perspective. Well, we do, and we get really pushed in that direction. So as women of faith, it's really wonderful to begin to just, even as a faith practice, not having nothing to do with arrogance or pride or puffing ourselves up, but agreeing with what God says. And he says we're beautiful. So, to, you know, take the step and go, you're pretty. Or even to thank God for our bodies before they meet Olympic athlete status. So, you know, thank you for these thighs. I struggle with my arms. Thank you for my arms. You notice I'm being completely silent. I am not going to comment on anything. I learned that at my house. Listen, stay safe. Yeah. This is dangerous terrain. It but, is. And it's, and it's crazy, but it's a really, it's actually a spiritual practice to begin to thank God for the bodies that he's given us. I mean, my legs, they, they've taken me everywhere. We've gone far <laughs> together. Thank you for them. Stacy. I see the look of fear in Tim's eyes right now, and it's actually what I see in my I'm husband's eyes. tiptoeing right? through the tulips. Well, when Julie looks at you, Tim, and says, does this dress make me look fat? That's when men go, oh, what do I say? So I think we do want to say to men, Stacy, what can husbands fathers, men in our lives do to help us? Because I know they're sitting out there terrified. Courage, um, men. Courage. There you Grit go. your loins. <laughs> and wade in. Now, I actually did this to my sons just last week. We're going out. I have on an outfit. I'm thinking, I cannot ask them if this makes me look fat. So I say, does this outfit make me look heavier than I am? <laughs> <laughs> And I tell you what, men, the only safe answer is no. That's the only safe answer. No, it looks great. It looks great. Yes. You're beautiful. Affirm your wife. I mean, only if it's like she's going to embarrass herself terribly later. They go, you know, I, you look good, but I really like this other outfit even better. Tact. 
Speak the truth in love. <laughs> in love. Let's take this a little deeper for a moment. We know, Stacy, by the way, that you aren't the only little girl who has been placed on a diet. If you look at some of the research out there, most young girls want to change something about their physical appearance right now. Society's reinforcing it. Everything's out of control. Now, let's talk about women who have the desire for change, but as they try to change something about themselves, there's that shame factor. There's that having to discipline myself, and they're going on diets like crazy. And this thing goes up a whole nother level in terms of intensity and keeping the men quiet. Yeah, and this, this is an area of anguish for many, many women. So, you know, we're joking, but this is a deep and tender subject because it matters. And our own personal histories are wrought with stories of our inability to change, our failures to change. 95% of people who lose weight gain it back and then some because change doesn't come from the outside. It has to start on the inside. And that's why I actually said, tell yourself you're beautiful. Begin. Begin the process now of accepting who you are. Because as long as you hate who you are and think that you aren't going to be acceptable or worth loving or pursuing or a friendship or relationship until you fill in the blank, lose 20 pounds or get the degree, the job, the promotion, the ring, whatever... It's not going to happen because it's not true. The truth is is that we need to dive into who God says we are now and begin to believe Him, risk believing Him, ask Him to make it true for us. That's where the change begins to happen. It's a change of heart, and then it begins to express itself on the outside. The truth is change is possible. How do you do that, Stacy? when mom's still around and she still lives with this hyper-perfectionism? She's still got this critical bite to her. She still, in her own way, controls. I still buy into the lies. I still get caught up in it. Yeah, I want to change. I get it. I want to feel beautiful. I want to go there. But it's my everyday life. That's the problem. When I leave from my little Bible study or this self-affirming time when I'm listening to some music and I step back into the real world, I mean, it's just coming at me like crazy. It is tough, and, and it's actually impossible. So I just want to tell you, you can't do it on your own. You can't. But you're not meant to do it on your own. And the other thing is, is you're not on your own. We have a God who promises to never, never, ever, never, ever leave us or forsake us, that he will give us the strength and the hope to change in the ways, the places that we most deeply long to change that align with the Word of God, that's because we're, we're meant to. He has that for us. The wonderful thing about being a child of God is that you are His child. And regardless of if our birth family is incredible and wonderful and loving or horrific, we have all been brought into a new bloodline. We have the resources available to us, all the resources of heaven. And God's not in a rush. You know, I wish he would. I wish he'd just flip a switch and voila, you know, now it's all done. And I'm marvelous. But he's after an eternal transformation. And he's also after us knowing him. And we really present in knowing him when things are tough. You're listening to Life, Love, and Family. Our guest, Stacy Eldridge, talking about becoming myself, embracing God's dream of you. 
Stacey, I have to ask you about a topic that you did discuss in the book, and that's the topic of hormones. And I have to tell you, <laughs> we could do several hours worth of shows just on that topic alone. And there are some jokes out there about women and their hormones, but let me tell you, from adolescence all the way through and past menopause, hormones play this incredible role. This We have this dance with our hormones that dictate everything from how much we do weigh, uh, our appetite, to how we feel about ourselves, to whether or not we feel depressed or anxious. And can you just speak uh, for a minute about the practical issue of hormones and that role in women's lives? Oh, it's so important. There's so much information available to us to, to these days. And as women and for men, too, out of wisdom and self-preservation, it's wise to learn about what is happening in our bodies. We have monthly cycles. We have stages to our lives. And in order to honor who we are and bestow the dignity that God bestows on us, we don't want to just ignore them or try to live in spite of them or beyond them, as, as honestly I have tried to do for decades. It was not a wise choice. But rather, well, where am I in my cycle? What is happening with my hormones? Because they do have a physical, emotional, spiritual effect on us. And then we can be more gentle with ourselves. We can make wiser choices. You know, okay, next week, not a good time to throw a party. Just say it. I'm not going <laughs> to like people. So it's good to know it. It's good to know it. And so to learn it and to also, if it's an area of real pain and struggle, there's help available to us. Stacy, I'm thinking about marriage. We know that in our relationships, it usually takes five to 20 positives to counteract one negative statement between us as a husband and wife, okay? So what goes in comes out, but it takes a whole lot more positives to deal with the negative stuff that's going in. And if all we're getting is bombarded with all this negative, how much more the so that we have to spend time in affirming who we are, understanding our position in Christ, how he sees us, how he pursues us and more. What does it mean to see Christ for who he is and how he sees you? Stacy? how have you gone there? What is it that really has got a hold of your heart that set you free? Great question, because this is life. This is life. And I think it began with a prayer of, Jesus, I want to know you as you really are. And then stepping into time alone with him, just simply spent in worship, just alone and telling him how wonderful he is. I grew up in a family that there, we believed in God, but God was way high up on a throne, not engaged in the nitty-gritty of my life. You know, don't want to bother him with too much. But what I learned about Jesus, what I learned about this God of the Bible is that's not true. He's involved with our dailies, that he wants intimacy with us. He wants to be our friend, to live our lives with him. And he wants us to know him. So asking him to reveal himself through his word, through our life, through nature, to tell us about himself, it just begins to change everything because he wants to do it. He will answer that prayer. And one of the biggest things for me was coming to know that I'm the beloved of God. Even that term, I thought that was a term that you used only in weddings. You know, dearly beloved, we are gathered <laughs> here today. I didn't know that God is calling each one of us that, like we're his dear one. And you start diving into what that means, pursuing it, chasing after it, because there's life to be found there. So let whatever our situation is, our pain, our struggle, our want, our joy, drive us 
to want more life, then that will drive us to know Jesus as he really is, and, and that's good. You know, my wife, Julie, her favorite verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and talks about God's, quote, dream for Jeremiah, and a lot of people apply that to their personal lives. Do you think God has a dream for each of our lives? Does he have a dream for each woman listening? Absolutely, and actually, it's more than one and bigger than we thought. He has dreams and desires for what he wants to live with each woman, through each woman, and there's dreams that he has planted in the deepest places of our hearts that he wants us to awaken to, ask him what they are, and then embrace them because he wants us to offer them. He really likes you, you who are listening right now. He's not disappointed. He's not irritated. He loves you. He likes spending time with you. And it's true. He does have dreams for your life now and for the future. Regardless of everything I've done? Regardless of everything. See, we're not defined by that. We're not defined by our failures, our sins, or other people's words over us. We're defined only by the finished work of Christ and by who he says we are. That's what's true. So you're sure he would receive me into his arms right now? 100%. He's done everything possible to come for you, to meet you, to love you, to know you. There's nothing you've done that is too big or too awful for him. When he died on the cross, it was for everything and everyone. And nothing is standing in the way. So take a step towards him by faith, and he will receive you with love. But it's hard to release, I guess, maybe myself to that. The hardest thing is to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done. But you don't have to start there. Start with just saying, Jesus, you say that if I come to you, I ask for your forgiveness, you will forgive me. Everything. You say you will. And so... I pray for the faith to believe you. I come to you and, and eventually please help me to forgive myself. Be free from these things that have identified me and tied me down. So, Stacy, what does it really mean to become myself? What's that? It's really wonderful because becoming myself means becoming ever increasingly through our, our lives the fullest expression of who we are meant to be and who we are becoming is actually being transformed into the very image of Christ. So the more we know him, the more we love him, the more he reigns in our heart, the more we are his, the more ourselves we are, the more our true selves. We let go of false faces, false things, and become true in the love of God. Can I miss that? Can I completely miss it in my life? And if I do, what happens? Here's the beautiful thing. It's ultimately, it's not up to you. It's up to Jesus. And he says, faithful, you know, faithful is he who has begun this good work in you, and he, and he will complete it. There's choices that we can make. There's things that we can do in our lives that can keep us from knowing him as deeply as he wants. But no, you cannot miss it because he is God. He's after you. He wants you. And he is the one that's faithful and promises to complete it. So it's not about striving. It's not about keeping the to-do list. It's actually more about collapsing, surrendering into his love and allowing him to unveil who you really are. You can participate 
And that's what he wants you to do. Stacy, I know we don't have much time, but I really want you to speak a little bit about the role of women in other women's lives, because I think we can be, at our worst, hypercritical and wounding to one another. I think women can be harder on other women than, than the men in our lives are. But at our best, we can help women become, I think, who God intended them to be. We can edify each other, support each other, and build each other up. Absolutely, because nobody knows what it's like to be a woman better than another woman. But it's also true, just like you said, Jennifer, that there's probably not a woman listening who has not been hurt or betrayed by another woman. And then we have a choice to make, to withdraw and not engage honestly with other women and just have surface relationships. But that is not a good choice. You know, the whole thing about don't forsake the fellowship, don't forsake getting together with other people. We need other people, and particularly women need other women. We have a relational capacity that's deep and beautiful. And women can speak into another's woman's life like no one else. It's really a holy and sacred ground, the friendships of women and relationships. And it's one you want to pray over and ask God for because you don't want to just, it's not everybody that you share your secrets and your life with and your desires, but there needs to be a few. So ask God for them because you are needed to speak life into the lives of women around you and and you need them to speak into yours as well. It's for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. Stacy. it's said, and I guess this is our closing uh, piece here for a moment, that there's no man or there's no woman who will meet the deepest longings of our hearts. There's only one who can do that. When we press into him and see him for who he is, that's where the transformation piece comes in. That's where the freedom piece comes in. Stacy. let me give you the last word on becoming myself. This is the takeaway. I want women to know, like God wants them to know, that she is loved. Darling, you are loved right in this moment, and you are needed. God made you you on purpose. Your life is a gift. It's one to be embraced and to live with Jesus. There is hope for you. What a great program, Tim, and I think so important to help women embrace what God has for them and how He sees them, because so many women are hurting, they're broken, they don't see the beauty that God sees in them. Jennifer, in so many ways, we all long for home. We were made for a relationship with our Heavenly Father, with God, and we spend most of our life searching for what's right here. And that is his presence, his love, his embrace for us. And if you're listening today, I just want to challenge you. Why don't you turn your heart toward home? 
If you were moved by today's program, know that other people's lives are being touched by what we do here at Life, Love, and Family as well. But we need your help to continue to bring these inspiring, encouraging messages to people and to change lives. We encourage you to become a part of our family. Join us by giving us a call at 855-455-3264. That's 855-455-3264. Or find us on the web at lifeloveandfamily.net. We need and will be blessed by your support. Life, Love, and Family. America's number one Christian residential treatment program, Honey Lake Clinic. Specializing in addiction, depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD. Staffed by nationally recognized psychiatrists and psychologists. A team of MDs and 24-hour nursing care. A 600-acre scenic sanctuary of unmatched beauty. Honey Lake Clinic. Most insurance accepted. Scholarships available. Phone 844-747-7772. Online, honeylake.clinic.